the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. It's a wonderful Wednesday. Thanks for coming along today for The Ride Home. Kath, it's good to see you as well. I trust things are well in your life. Well, it's a little um, less than summery. Today is. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's what? It's June 2nd. It's June 2nd. Uh, I was out earlier. It was 69 degrees. That's what we live for. I don't this mean is to complain. It's fine. No, please. It's fine, but I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing, you know, long sleeve shirt. Uh-huh. Well, we got plenty of summer. I mean, I feel like if, if you're like a summer person, this is like you're holding your gigantic bag of sunshine. Okay, great. It's I'm ready. It's full. I'm yeah. ready. Okay, thanks, John. Mm-hmm, I look true. forward to that. Thank you. Will you go to the uh, local pool? Have you? I guess I should. Has it been Here's your practice the thing. in the past? Our our line of work does not um, lend itself to going L- to the pool. Lounging by the pool. No, it really doesn't. How about the weekends? Um, I mean, so like Saturday. all I have is, is Saturday. Mm. And, you know, I've got things to do around the house. I, I, I sound like a very dull adult. No. And yet I'm sad to say I believe that's what's happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know you've reached sort of like societal bottom and you go – things to do around the house i mean that's really sad that could, that could like, mean even, anything even as the words were exiting my mouth i was regretting them i was i was sad about them hey kath the queen's coming to town you want i got things to do around the house. around the house i just you know i sound like an agoraphobic all right no no I, you know afraid to get out. maybe it's just the thing about the pool that you don't you know i don't want to well i love the pool but like if you're a girl and i'm just going to be honest with you sure if you're going to go swimming after swimming, there has to be the whole hair washing. Mm. It has to be the whole hair redo right, thing. There's right, the right. makeup thing. It's like, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel your pain. To be I know honest. you don't. I, mean, I no. know because you're a guy and it's, your life is, you know, in some ways more simple. All right. So the pool is not going to happen. Well, I mean, I love the pool. If I had a week <laughs> no, off, if you I don't. had a week off, I'd go to the pool. But I if I just have a weekend off, I don't think I'm going, John. All I just right. don't think I am. Well, let's jump from the pool to the vastness of the ocean as the globe continues to rotate. As we always do, we get underway with the top news stories of the day, looking at the world and all that's in it. Kath, please present for us now the top four at four. Well, certainly for Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Number one. A ransomware attack against Brazil-based JBS, the world's biggest meat company by sales, sent shockwaves through the U.S. food industry, even as some of the meatpackers' plants restarted, pushing up wholesale meat prices while complicating livestock deliveries from farms. According to the Wall Street Journal, the attack this week knocked out production at plants that process nearly a quarter of the beef and a fifth of the pork produced in the United States. Chicken plants operated by Pilgrim's Pride, a JBS subsidiary, were also affected. 
These outages are the latest blow to a meatpacking industry that is also contending with labor shortages and high costs for transport and animal feed. Wholesale prices for beef and pork rose following the attack, and meat buyers said price increases for consumers would likely follow if problems persisted. Prices for choice cuts of beef sold in boxes yesterday rose, are you ready, rose by $3 to $334 per 100 pounds, which is the biggest increase in nearly a month, according to the USDA. I got to tell you, I got a little anxious. I ran out to Giant Eagle, bought myself two pounds of chipped ham just in case. Oh just in case I got some of the eyes. You know what that's ham. called? That's called Yenzer Emergency. Nope. Number two, Simon Malls is installing cameras at the Ross Park Mall after police say their investigation into shots fired over the weekend has been difficult without security cameras. Ross Township Police believe a total of six people were involved in a fight inside the mall near guest services. Two teens were arrested and are facing gun-related charges, but police say relying on cell phone video has left them at an investigative disadvantage. In a statement to KDKA today, the mall calls safety a top priority and says it will be installing security cameras. The mall says it will also be implementing a weapons detection canine program, quote, to enhance interior patrols. Number three. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirits post-race positive drug test was confirmed by a second sample requested by trainer Bob Baffert, setting the stage for the Colt to be only the second horse in the 147-year history of America's greatest race to be disqualified for a failed drug test. The New York Times reports that a second post-race sample found the drug beta-methasone, a corticosteroid injected into joints to reduce pain and swelling at a prohibited level. Immediately after announcing the positive test on May 9th, Bob Baffert, if you remember, gave a series of TV and radio interviews floating various theories about how the cult had tested positive, blaming cancel culture for the controversy and saying racing officials were out to get him. Mm. We're not sure whether him is him or the horse. Number four. And finally, cicadas might seem like a crispy protein packed snack, John. But people with seafood allergies should think twice about eating them, according to the U.S. FDA. We we have to say it. The FDA said in a tweet today, don't eat cicadas if you're allergic to seafood, as these insects share a family relation to shrimp and lobster. CNN writes that the loud cacophonous bugs have emerged this month on the East Coast as part of the Brood X, which comes out every 17 years, according to the National Park Service. The agency says the brood is centered around Pennsylvania, northern Virginia, Indiana and eastern Tennessee. And the brittle insects might be annoying. But according to the EPA, cicadas are not harmful to humans, pets or gardens. And that is your top four at four. So say you were going to eat some cicadas. Mm-hmm. You think you do some blue cheese with that? What do you I gotta think? be, I gotta Is that be a blue honest. Cheese dipper? I gotta be honest. I would rather be hungry. I mean, in a, in a normal circumstance, I'm not saying if my life was on the line, but that is a, like completely disgusting to me. Yeah. I mean, I know restaurants have had it rough this past year, but uh, by talking about cicadas on the menu, that's not going to bring back the crowds. That is truly Uh revolting. Now in any of your travels to uh, foreign lands, have you eaten insects, John? Uh, no, but you know what? I, I used to think about this. Uh, there was many a time that I would go um, out on <laughs> dates. Um, oh, gosh. Here we no, go. Wait, no, wait. No, this is like, you know, high school thing. I want to like hear it. Yeah. High school girlfriend and going out on a date and going out uh, to dinner. Yeah. And I used to <laughs> I used to order as a means of, you know, of um, 
upper mobility, uh, escargot. Oh, yeah. I mean, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm in like, you know, 11th grade. Uh, yes, sir, I will have the escargot. And you know what? Uh, they're pretty darn good because, of course, they're, you know, like living in butter, basically. Well, sure. And anything Would you eat escargot? butter is fine. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've eaten that. So it's kind of, if, if I'm going to eat an escargot, I'm going to eat a cicada, right? No, no, no. Just put it some butter on it. You'll be no, no, okay. No, 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 no. It's totally different. It's totally different. Same it's totally thing. different. No, 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 no. Escargot is not bug. It's not insect. It's a snail. It's still it's not insect. Snail I mean, is more closely related in my limited mind to With seafood beef. than it is to, you know, so. no, I just can't. I want, I, you know, I want to be open-minded. You know, I do, John, but I just, I have to close that down. Mm, I don't know. You happen. put enough blue cheese and or butter on something. Uh, I'll eat it. That's just how it is. No, you would. <laughs> so listen, when I was in, I was in Indonesia, uh, uh, we were, we were in this uh, open air market at <laughs> at one point and i was walking around and of course you know none of the signs are in english and so i was pointing to uh my interpreter and i was saying like what is that what is that and he finally said you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep interpreting from you for you i'm just gonna say no you can't eat that no you can't eat that and you can't eat that either and you can't eat that sorry to hear that that's what we did so i'm not really sure what i saw but i was advised not to eat it right Okay. Anyway, uh, just back to the Ross Park Mall story. Heck, I mean, I just want to go get myself a polo shirt and a Slurpee. All of a sudden, your life's in your hands. I mean, seriously? There's nothing sacred anymore. That's all. That's all I got. Listen, we, we saw this start at Monroeville Mall. Mm, we saw well, what we, violence did there, right? right. Didn't we? Right. We did. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that I, I think Ross police realized they better get under control, mm-hmm. like, and now. Right. It's like or, a and sale I'm, gone and I'm, bad. And I'm sure Simon, who owns the mall, has is you know jumping over backwards to get those cameras installed because I'm sure you are, they yeah. know what the situation is what's on the line here so what are you saying this is like so you saw them in roeville now it's a ross park is this some sort of like mall upmanship i, don't hey, know. I got this at the mall and i got 30 percent off and i didn't get shot right i expect well, the same uh, sort look, of thing to happen all, to me here. all i know is the things that used to be you know really you know fun family kid places became places that people were afraid to go right, right. and if that happens you know at ross park mall then that's going to be another loss to the mm-hmm. pittsburgh community and so simon is going to do hopefully everything they possibly can to ensure that doesn't happen i'm into that okay well let's take Who's a, a bringing quick break. a gun to a mall i don't know everybody you know I mean, what the like oh. yeah there oh. you go see okay well you're a little different because you're trained to use it right <clears throat> I have, a, I have a feeling these teenagers were not in the same circumstances. Probably not, no. All right. Uh, why Hollywood praises Elliot Page and Blacklist Me. This is an incredible story. Beckett Cook will join us next. It is the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. We have um, underway with the Decatas, Escargot, polo shirts, Slurpees, guns at the mall, all that and more on The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Encouragement for believers from Dr. Charles Stanley. By means of prayer, we can reach any person, get the divine supernatural power of God in on anything going on anywhere in the world. What are the means can you and I use to do that? The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. 
Now, for a limited time, My Pillow is offering the premium My Pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium My Pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly sixty nine ninety eight. It's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. November 4th, Drosky Entertainment proudly presents Crowder Live in Concert. The Milk and Honey Tour, 8 p.m. November 4th at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder Live this November at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland, a Drusky Entertainment event. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. it in our culture today that some people are lifted up as brave and true heroes and others are put into the dustbin of history canceled forever well beckett cook is with us he's got a story to tell about his life in hollywood which involves the actor elliot page Uh, beckett is the host of the beckett cook show on youtube and is with us now hey beckett thanks for coming along thank you john and kathy good to be here Thank you. Yeah, happy to have you, Beckett. Okay, so for our listeners who aren't familiar with your name or your face, if they're watching on Facebook Live right now at 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy, introduce yourself to us and talk about what you've done with your career. So I, I, I'm I, Beckett Cook. I grew up in, in Texas, and I, I live in Los Angeles now. Uh, I've lived here since 93, 1993, and um, not 1893. And I, <laughs> um, and I you know, I... I worked in the fashion world for many, many years, uh, production design, and I uh, had lived as a gay man, had many, many boyfriends, went to pride parades. Uh, I, I did everything in LA. Like I met everyone, knew everyone, was, you know, went to Prince's house for a party cool. at, where he performed in his backyard had, cool. in a concert, mm-hmm. uh, met everyone, had dinner with Meryl Streep, John, yeah, everyone, just everyone. And um, and I've worked with everyone too in this town. And, but at t- 11 years ago, I had a radical conversion t- 
to Christianity at an evangelical church in Hollywood. I had this like total crazy transformation. The first time I stepped foot into an ev- a church in my life, basically an evangelical church. Now wait, Beckett. So that story, uh, you talk about this in the article that we found you at, at the gospel coalition, you met a stranger in a coffee shop and said, yeah, I'll go to church with you. What was that conversation like? Well, I was with I was with my best friend who was gay, who's a movie producer, and we would go to this coffee shop all the time, you know, every weekend. And that particular weekend in 2009, there was a group of people sitting next to us with Bibles on the table, young people. And we had never seen Bibles in public before in LA. And so we in, we ended up in a conversation with them and you know, I, I was kind of curious at that point about something else because six months prior to that, I was at Paris Fashion Week and I had this kind of moment of total, I was at the, you know, I was at this amazing fashion party, sure. blah, blah, blah with, you know, and I had this moment of total emptiness mm-hmm. and I didn't know why. And I, and, and I knew God was never an option for me because I was gay. So I was just like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? So anyway, cut to six months later in LA, I, see. I was kind of curious about that, uh, you know, this group of young people with Bibles. So I asked them, you know, what are you guys Christians? What's the deal? And they ended up inviting me to their church. They, they told me their, you know, the gospel, they told me they were Christians. Uh, they told me they went to this evangelical church in Hollywood. And of course I asked them, you know, what does your church believe about homosexuality? And they said, well, we believe it's a sin. And it was just very simple. And and I was I appreciated how frank they were and how just honest. And then um, I went uh, the following weekend. I went to their church, and I had no idea what I was. Did getting. you go by yourself? I went by myself. Okay. I had brave. zero idea. I had never been to an evangelical church. God bless you. I, That's I walked brave, in, and I after I heard the sermon, the hour long sermon on Romans chapter seven. I just the Holy Spirit just went. And just God opened my eyes and God was like, in my mind, God was like, I'm God. Jesus is my son. Heaven is real. Hell is real. The Bible is true. Welcome to my kingdom. And I just started hysterically bawling for the next half hour during the worship music. And, and it happened again when I got home, I got into bed to take a nap and God said, let me show you some more of my glory. And it just, I jumped out of my bed and I started bawling again. And in the middle of my bedroom, I was like, God, you have my whole life. I'm yours. I'm done. Like, that's it. And I knew in that moment that, that, uh, homosexual behavior was a sin. I knew that it was no longer a part of my future. I knew that dating guys was no longer a part of my future, but I didn't care because I just met Jesus Christ. And I was like, I'm going to go with that guy and forget those guys. And so that was 11 years ago, 11 plus years ago, almost 12. And I've been single and celibate since, since, and I've never been happier in my life. I have full of joy and I am so blown away that I'm in the kingdom of God. (laughs) So Becca, as you came in, we talked about uh, Elliot Page. Um, Here's a, a famous Hollywood actor who has made a transition from female to male and has been lauded in popular culture, of course, as a hero and a groundbreaker and, and all that. But you yourself, now to talk about yourself as a believer in Hollywood and in a different direction of finding your true self, you were not lauded as a hero, as someone who was brave. You were essentially 
shunned and pushed aside. Yeah, it's okay in 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 our culture to be your authentic true self unless it goes against the cultural narrative. So mm. yeah, so when when I got saved 11 years ago, you know, people were pretty generally, you know, nice to me and supportive. I still worked in in Hollywood for 11 years during this whole time. And I was very vocal about the gospel, very vocal about what happened, what God, you know, did with me and how he redeemed me. Super vocal on the set with, I mean, big actors and actresses and pop stars. I, w- I was just, I would tell everyone the gospel. But my book, A Change of Affection, came out in 2019. And that's when everything kind of shifted. And that's, mm-hmm. I got dropped by my agent. Um and that's when basically I lost my career. I mean, after that, when my book came, and I kind of knew that was coming because God had called, he called me to seminary in 2014. And uh, it was like this super strong call. It was crazy. Like I felt like I was on a train and I couldn't get off. And um, and I went to seminary for four years, got my master's in theology. And then, and, and then so I kind of knew God was going to, shift me out of the production world and move me into kind of more full-time ministry. So it wasn't that huge of a trauma to me, but I definitely lost my career, you know, as a production designer, once my book came out, that was like kind of the red line in the sand because it became, it became untenable. And I understood my agent. It's like untenable for me to be on the set with you know, Natalie Portman or Jessica Chastain or Oprah Winfrey, when I have a book out in the world about this issue and about my conversion. So, so that's what happened. And it's just, that's what, you know, when I saw when Ellen Page posted her thing on, on Twitter about becoming Elliot Page, I just, I just comment, I made a, a comment about like, it's interesting how, you know, Hollywood praises Elliot Page, but blacklists me mm-hmm. <laughs> for being my authentic self. And, you know, being in Christ is the most authentic you can be. Like, there's nothing more authentic than that. So it's just fascinating to me. And, you know, Hillary Clinton was chiming in and, and like praising uh, Elliot Page. And I, no I just one's was praising like, you. Yeah, I was like, when's Hillary Clinton going to praise me for being my authentic self? So <laughs> she's not. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a it was a crazy time. All right, we're talking to Beckett Cook. He's the author of a book called A Change of Affection, a gay man's incredible story of redemption, and host of the Beckett Cook Show on YouTube. Beckett, I love your attitude. I'm in I'm in awe of it. I really am. Um, and we've never met before, but I have to say that you know. I, my heart goes out to you uh, only because of the incredible change of like, now we, we have a relationship with Jesus as well. And so I understand that it's a pearl of great price at the same time. I don't want to minimize the fact that you lost your career um, over it. And I'm happy to see that you're, you know, going in a different trajectory, but I'm wondering about, you know, is there a grieving period in your life about just, you know, that whole portion of your professional life that can't be any longer? Yeah, there is. It it has it comes and goes it ebbs and flows the, okay. the, like there are times where it's painful when I think about it and even just for example this past week um, it was this is kind of a little different but 
I have a very close friend who who's gay and I used to be very close with him back in the day, back in the early 2000s. We were best friends. We were roommates. He's in the ICU. He had a terrible accident. He's in the ICU, could die. And his gay friend uh, is in charge of all of his medical stuff. Yeah. And his, and his gay friend saw looked up looked up my stuff online i guess and banned me from seeing him in the hospital because of my my faith because of my faith i cannot see i literally can't see my one of my best friends in the hospital and it's just completely and and he's in a coma like he's not in a coma he's unconscious so he can't even tell this other guy like hey i want his i want becca to see me Okay, so, so help, wait. So help us to understand this, maybe from the inside. So you said, you know, you couldn't. There obviously was no way you said that you could uh, keep a position as a production designer with Jessica Chastain on set, or Natalie Portman, or Oprah Winfrey. Why, once your book came out, why is that? Why, why can't, why can't you have a perspective and a and a story to tell, and and it doesn't. So what if it doesn't line up with their worldview? How 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 can they cancel your story? Because people are interested in spirituality in Hollywood, aren't they? Right. I mean, you have to ask Hollywood that. I mean, but basically, yeah, it's just that a lot of the. So I mean, I was doing a lot of gap shoots. Uh, I, I did a lot of shoots for Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and and all these big companies, and I was doing a lot of gap shoots and the the themes. A lot of the themes on these shoots are LGBTQ themes. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Um, so it just, and even just doing shoots with actresses and pop stars, like it, if here's, a, here's why it becomes untenable. It's, it's like, if I'm on the set with, you know, doing this, a shoot with them and one of the producer, and this happened to me on a Puma shoot with um, Cara Delevingne, like one of the producers or the client happens to know that I have a book out, like, uh, like my book, then suddenly everything could like come tumbling down. Like Jessica, Jessica Chastain could have an hysterical kind of fit of rage, knowing that the production designer on the, on the set of her shoot has a book out in the world about this. So that's why it became, that's why it's untenable. Yeah. I mean, it's just so shocking to think it's not, it's, I guess it's not shocking, but it's, it grieves me to think that anyone's workplace should be a kind of thing where everyone has to, you know, endorse the same perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's become obviously in, in, in this town, it's become more and more and more narrow. So like, if you don't line up completely with everything Hollywood says you must line up with, then, then you're basically, you're canceled. (laughs) You're out. So, um, which is fine. I mean, Jesus said they're going to hate you because they hated me first and, um, don't be surprised. So, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of used to it at this point. Like mostly people have been supportive and loving to me. Even old friends have been loving, but there have been people who have been very kind of, uh, uh, hateful and angry at me. Such is the world we live in. I mean, you know, and, yeah. and you talk about this in your piece at the Gospel Coalition, Beckett, that, you know, uh, when you think about persecution, what's happened to you? Of course, you could, you know, file that under persecution, but the new life in Christ, of course, it negates all of that. Yeah, of course. I mean, 
I, I'm so thrilled to be in the kingdom of God that nothing, it's like this life is fleeting. It's a vapor. Yeah. It's, it's a mist. It goes, I mean, it's, it goes away like that. And it's like, what do you want your life to be? I mean, I want to, when I die, I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant and like, you know, be in the presence of Christ for all of eternity. And so that out, of course, you know, Paul says, you know, uh, I forgot now I can't remember the verse, but, um, well, Paul said, I count everything as lost compared, uh, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And I feel the exact same way. I count everything as rubbish. Right. What's the matter? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing mm-hmm. Christ. And so I, uh, and, and, and people ask me, you know, it's, isn't it unfair that you have to be single and celibate? Like, that's so, I can't believe you have to do that. That's so unfair. And, and it's like, I never feel like my life is unfair. I feel the opposite. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I'm in the kingdom of God. And what's unfair is Christ had to be beaten, tortured, and crucified for my sins. That's what's really unfair. Like, my life is not unfair. I'm a wicked, rebellious sinner that God redeemed. And like, and so I just feel nothing but blessed, basically. Amen to that. Becca Cook, he is the author of A Change of Affection, a gay man's incredible story of redemption, also host of the Beckett Cook Show on YouTube. Uh, Beckett, take a second and talk about the the YouTube show. Yeah, so I mean, I started the YouTube show, I guess last December, maybe. And um, it was weird. It wasn't something I wanted to do or planned on doing. It's just people kept speaking into my life. Like even a couple of my pastors were like, you should start a YouTube channel. I'm like, what? Like, I don't even, I don't know about that. And so it's basically the show is about kind of uncovering the lies of the culture and bringing the biblical truth to okay. those lies. That's and cool. so it's it's really trying to kind of give a counter narrative to the culture. Okay. And is it you alone? Do you have guests? What's what's your setup? Both. It's mostly most of the episodes are me kind of speaking on a different, like I'll, I'll read an article in the New York times that will kind of spark something or, you know, I'll read whatever. It's just based on different topics and sure. And then, um, but I do have guests. I've had Jack Phillips on from the the masterpiece Mm -hmm. Colorado bakery guy and and Eric Metaxas and, and some other, I just had uh, this woman on yesterday who was great. Um, She's, she was the star of Spike Lee's first film. Okay. Her name is Tracy Camilla Johns, and she has a, an amazing story. And she came to Christ after a, a lot of craziness in her life. She came to Christ. And uh, so I have that. So I do both. I do interviews with people, and I also just speak, you know, by myself. Very good. Okay. Well, listen, thanks for being with us today. This has really been a real pleasure. It. Yeah. I mean, you know, you to be so brave and to step out. Yep. And, of course, the new life in Christ, uh, kudos to you. It's really good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Beckett Cook, A Change of Affection, A Gay Man's Incredible Story of Redemption, also on YouTube, The Beckett Cook Show. Thanks, Beckett. Thank you, guys. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about this story. The woman who walked around the world. What did she find? What did that look like? Stories next. November 4th. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Crowder live in concert. The Milk and Honey Tour, 8 p.m. November 4th at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. 
tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder, live this November at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. A Drusky Entertainment event. Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever has been extended for a limited time. Shop and save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorfitsburg.com. Are you a teacher looking to grow your career? Waynesburg University offers a Master of Education with multiple areas of concentration as well as certification in special education. Classes start every semester. Financial aid is available. Visit waynesburg.edu. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in and at radio.com. Tonight, we'll see considerable clouds with a couple of showers. Expect a low tonight of 61. Cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. It will be more humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 71. Tomorrow night, heavy showers early in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy, low 60. Friday, sun and clouds, a thunderstorm in the afternoon, and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. That last conversation was fascinating. Look, I mean, uh, you're called to Christ. I think this is probably true for a lot of us. Being called to Christ, we haven't given up a whole heck of a lot. Certainly, when you yeah. think, look at that last last guest, I mean, the job, the career, the, you know, the Hollywood prestige thing, that's one thing. But, you know, into the, the marrow of who this guy is, you know, as a man, sexually, as a gay man, and embracing the gay lifestyle. And then he comes to Christ and says, I see my sinfulness. Uh, I step away from that. Uh, I choose not to be a gay Christian. I choose to be a, a celibate man who is trying to live fully in Jesus. 
that's a big move forward. A lot of people just can't or won't do that. It is. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm really uh, so touched by it. Um, also, I, I just have to highlight again, there's just an unbelievable hypocrisy in modern day American culture is that we only want you to tell your truth when it's a truth that we like. Right. And if you're telling your truth and we don't like it, then we don't want to hear it and we don't want you to be around and we don't want you to have your job. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, American culture props itself up by talking about how tolerant we are and how open-minded we are and how we are always compassionate and we're always yeah. on the side of the you little know. guy. And, we're, and it's just, it's just in this instance shows itself to be profoundly untrue. Right. It only goes so far, of course. Right. But that's what it is. I, I wonder though, somewhere down the road, will this be two years, five years, 10 years, you know, as we go, this pendulum swing swings one way, will it come back to, you know, a center point? Cause things are always in motion, Kath. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, like if you read the history of the revivals, um, that's I, I should be reading the history of the revivals because that would inspire me to think that there's another way. But when, when you're talking, when, when any religious system infringes on people's views of sexuality, it's like, that's the Holy grail. Like you can tell to talk to me about all sorts of things, but you can't talk to me about that. And uh, our culture is so immersed in what it calls it's, you know, sexual freedom that I don't know how, I don't know how that, uh, how that hold is broken. Well, God's always a God of surprises as well, is he not? We need to step away for just a few minutes. Tremper Longman is up in a little bit. We're jumping from the fire into the frying pan. Cain and Abel. We've been following along that with our well. Old Testament scholar, Tremper Longman. Cain and Abel, that's next on The Ride Home. Stay with us. WORD Think about a conversation you had recently with your spouse. Were you following biblical guidelines? Here are Dave and Ann Wilson. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Okay, just that right there. <laughs> like, if we lit that out, it would change our homes. How your words can reset the emotional temperature of your home. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. 800-285-0395. It's no secret that the Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh real estate market have exploded, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, For so long, it was easy to buy a house in our town. Really straightforward experience, but not so much anymore. Housing prices have really gone through the roof, and it's a seller's market. So, 
If you're looking to buy, United Faith Mortgage is a great tool in your toolbox. Their direct lender advantage, really, it's everything. It gives you the necessary help and the best deal possible on a new mortgage. Plus, the family behind United Faith Mortgage, they're open about their faith, and it's evident in how they live and especially how they do business. Hundreds and hundreds of happy people living in their dream house because of the excellence of United Faith Mortgage. Look online, United Faith Mortgage. It's a good family doing the right thing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Mankind is a wanton and violent species. From an early, early time, we have had blood on our hands. So today we talk about Cain and Abel with Dr. Tremper Longman, who is a distinguished scholar, professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Tremper is also an author of multiple books. His latest is called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. But Tremper, thanks for being with us. Every month we've been following along as you've been going through the book of Genesis. Today is, uh, depending upon you look at it, uh, a high point or a low point. Uh, that's right. That's right, John. Uh, it's a uh, turning point. Uh, at least it's continuing the turning point that started in Genesis 3, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, tell us about Cain and Abel, Tremper. Sure. Um, so the story is uh, kind of simple. It has an interesting um, structure to it. I'm speaking as a uh, biblical scholar that is very uh, rich theologically. So, um, so you have Abel and Cain, the two sons of Adam and Eve. Uh, Abel is a shepherd. Cain is a farmer. But uh, they come to offer uh, something to God from their labor. And uh, Abel, it says, brought uh, that portions from some of the firstborn of his flock, and Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. And at first glance, it kind of looks like God is being a little bit arbitrary in that um, he didn't look with favor on Cain's offering. But, uh, uh, but if you look closely, and this is the way Hebrew narrative works, by the way, I'm writing a lot now on how Hebrew uh, narratives work. And one of the things is it, it does a lot of showing rather than telling. You have to look okay. closely. And, and the description of Abel's sacrifice, which is fat portions of the firstborn, is kind of like he brought the best. Cain, he brings the ordinary. He just brings some of the fruits mm-hmm. of the soil. Nothing special about it. And, I, and the idea is that the quality of their offerings reflects their heart toward God. And so mm-hmm. God is not happy. Um, so that's how the that's how the story begins. And then, of course, uh, God warns 
Cain. You know, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. But Cain, rather than repenting and offering a satisfactory offering, he rather goes out into the field, kills Abel, and then God uh, judges him and drives him further away uh, from Eden. He becomes a wanderer. And, uh, but interestingly, and very, very importantly, uh, God doesn't just judge him. He also extends to him a token of grace, which is when uh, Cain worries about violence coming on his head, God says, I'll put a mark on you that will preserve you from that violence. And of course, we might want to talk a little bit about the mark because it's been used yeah. in very bad ways. Uh, but the, um, but um, so, so that's kind of the story. It's a story of continuing human sin, God judging sin, uh, but God also extending grace, showing that even though his human creatures are sinful. He's going to keep pursuing them. He's going to keep pursuing them for reconciliation. Mm. Dr. Tramper Longman with us talking about Cain and Abel. All right, so let's jump right into talking about the mark. Um, what what do we what does the word tell us? What do, what do we know about it? Um, what can you know a study of the of that type of literature tell us? Yeah, yeah, very little actually. Okay, <laughs> and that's the problem because if uh, I mean, basically, we don't know what the mark is. I mean, there's speculations, but that's exactly what it is—some kind of speculation. Um, and so, um, but because of that, some people have read into it basically racist ideas that the mark has something to do with the color of his skin, and there's absolutely no basis for that in scripture. Right. And so um, so it's really important, almost more important to rule out what it is not as to what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm just finishing up a commentary on Revelation now, and uh, we learn about a mark, you know, uh, that the 144,000 uh, have on them and uh, that preserve them from the harm that's coming in the judgment of God. And of course the beast is putting marks on the forehead uh, of the, of people who follow him. Um, and, and again, it's the way that uh, that text is simply commune. And, and here's the, here's the, here's the commonality. Uh, part of the problem is anytime when you have something that simply is a general statement, people try to fill it in with something specific that kind of, uh, matches what they want to read into it. And sometimes mm, it's, okay. it's pretty evil and bad, you know, so people right. talk are talking now about the mark of the beast being some kind of, um, you know, connected to the COVID vaccine and crazy stuff like that. So, right. um, but Tremper, so, so and, and I'm sorry, yeah. in our short time, uh, it's, it's important to know, then you said this, that the, the echo is here or the first tone is, that in the judgment of Cain and Abel, there is there is judgment, but uh, the important thing is there is grace, which is an echo of the New Testament. That's right. That's right. And we're going to see as we continue to read through Genesis one to eleven, 
that uh, starting with Genesis 3, then Genesis 4, then the flood story, and then the Tower of Babel story, this pattern which I've highlighted becomes increasingly significant, and it's setting up the Abraham story. So Genesis 1 to 11 is really kind of prequel to the call of Abraham and uh, and talking why it's so important in God's continuing pursuit for reconciliation with the sinful people, uh, why God calls Abraham uh, to, to, uh, to be a conduit of blessing to mm-hmm. the nations. So uh, we'll have a lot to say when we get to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. That is perhaps the most important passage in all the Old Testament, uh, kind of uh, generates the the narrative um, into the New Testament. Sure. Um, Tremper, so it would probably be unfair for me to ask you with 30 seconds remaining, um, who, when it says Cain lay with his wife, where'd he get a wife, right? That's probably getting into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, well, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things about Genesis 1 to 11 is that it's covering so much time and it has kind of a worldwide scope on it that it's not answering a lot of those kind of questions that we have. Right. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, you know, and then people have different um, understandings about that. I mean, some people say, well, let's remember how old they are. But by the time she's making, still making love with Adam, <laughs> she's not that old. And, uh, yeah, so um, my own view is that eh, there might be a little glimpse that uh, uh, not that the Bible's teaching the idea of evolution, <laughs> but there are... Uh, uh, it, it may be, you know, a little glimpse that hey, there are other people around at the time of Adam and Eve. Uh, and I talk about that in my book, uh, Confronting Old Testament Controversy. Well, to, uh, we don't shy away from those here, Tremper. So we're glad yeah, you're along right. for the ride. That's right. That's good. I love that. Good, good. That's Dr. Tremper Longman, distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College, Santa Barbara, California. He's authored a whole bunch of books, but uh, investigate this, the Bible and the ballot using the scripture in political decisions. Lots more ahead on the ride home today. Stay where you are. We come back. How Native Americans launched a successful coronavirus vaccine drive. that special man it's time to gather him up and head on out to the spring house for our annual father's day steak and chicken fry that's right steak and chicken both marinated and cooked to perfection over an open pit outdoors and to complete this great dad's day meal we're making baked mashed potatoes ed's green beans corn pudding alabama casserole dutch greens homemade rolls rice pudding blondies brownies and of course all of our springhouse drinks featuring our famous chocolate milk that's right you can't beat it There will be live music and inside and outside seating and a free ice cream cone for every dad. Come to the Springhouse to treat your dad to a special day. Call 228-3339 for more details. 
Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family, and I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan, and unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Well, here's a success story. Native American tribes, which include 574 separate Indian tribes in the United States, are now fully 70% vaccinated, 70% across 574 Indian tribes. Other tribes are saying, well, we've got more than 70%. The Blackfeet Nation in Montana reports 95% of its wow. population has been vaccinated. And it goes back to several things which are really specific, unfortunately, to Indian culture, which is they honor the elders in their community first, and and all of these tribes are deeply committed to the community within the tribes. Now, of course, uh, Native Americans uh, have great suspicion, have, uh, you know, um, the tools to be suspicious, I should say, because when you think about what happened with small, smallpox that killed 95% of Native Americans starting in the 1830s, mm. they would go, well, you know, we're not necessarily going to look at the white man and uh, tell, you know, allow that to have him tell us to get a vaccination. But the good news is because of that community spirit, because of that idea of the elders have something to say, and of course the older people wanting to get vaccinated first, it shows a runaway success within 574 separate Native American communities wow. across Holy cow. the U.S. Wow, that is a real, uh, that is an incredible story of sticking together, right? Yeah. And I would imagine, too, there has to be communication, right, amongst tribal communities that they all get on board with this, right? It's not as though it's individual. It is 574 across the country speaking to each other, talking about this. But right. deeply embedded in this is the sense of community and tribal elders taking that first step. I wonder how much communication they have between tribes. 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm sure it's probably, you know, built on the political parties in some way, that there has to be a larger overview and then it comes down into the neighborhoods and towns of which they're part of across the country. Anyway, that's all I know. Take a quick break. Come back. Five o'clock hour is straight ahead here. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, the ride home on Word FM. One hundred one point five WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. As the U.S. prepares for a welcome return to summer events after being in the grip of the coronavirus pandemic, President Biden says the case for getting vaccinated couldn't be clearer. If you're unvaccinated. You are still at risk of getting seriously ill or dying or spreading disease to others, especially when Americans spend more time indoors again, closely gathered in the fall. The president speaking to reporters this afternoon at the White House. The world's leading scientists say COVID-19 vaccines may offer lasting protection that diminishes the need for frequent booster shots. That's according to scientists who are finding clues in how the body remembers viruses, but they say more research is needed, and that virus mutations are still a wild card. The Dow is ahead 16 points now, but the Nasdaq is down 18. This is SRN News. The Original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. What does the Original Mattress Factory have in common with your favorite local coffee shop or hometown craft brewery? All three are experts at their respective crafts and are owned and operated by members of the communities they serve. Owners who are deeply committed to quality and recognize the importance of outstanding customer service. At OMF, we aim to help our customers make a smart buying decision, whether you buy from us or not. Because at the end of the day, you are more than just our customer. You are our neighbor. Visit your neighborhood Original Mattress Factory today to learn more. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. It only makes sense that since God is the almighty creator of all things, he also upholds and governs all the creatures of his hand. Everything in this world, therefore, is under his sovereign control. The unbeliever, of course, does not like to hear this. David writes in Psalm 14 that the wicked man claims there is no God. 
In Psalm 2, David again points out that the wicked of this world always attempt to break out from under God's rule. But God sits in the heavens and laughs at this puny attempt of the wicked who are under his divine control. In Psalm 113, we learn that our God is in the heavens and does whatever pleases him. God alone is creator. All else are creatures under his command. I'm Pastor Bill Brightsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. For information about us, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight we'll see considerable clouds with a couple of showers. Expect a low tonight of 61. Cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. It will be more humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 71. Tomorrow night, heavy showers early in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy, low 60. Friday, sun and clouds, a thunderstorm in the afternoon and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, you know, Pittsburgh's someplace special, right? We've known that for many, many decades. I'm looking at an article today from... um, from Patch. You know Patch is the uh, neighborhood newsletter. I know uh, the you, Patch. You that? Yeah. Sure. Uh, they say this, a uh, headline, only one PA city makes new, uh, new reports list of best places to live in the country. And that one city in the whole state of Pennsylvania is, not surprisingly, Pittsburgh. Data wait, compiler. Wait, wait, wait. So, wait, let me back up. Yeah. So, wait, this is a list of best places to live in Pennsylvania? That's right. No, in the entire country. Oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's only one Pennsylvania city that's represented. That's right. And that would be us. How about that? Data compiler Niche, Niche has released its 2021 list of best cities to live in America. Okay. And only one city, Pittsburgh's on it. Uh, living in Pittsburgh offers residents an urban-suburban mix. Uh, so says Niche. Many young professionals live in Pittsburgh, and residents tend to have moderate political views. The public schools in Pittsburgh are above average. I'm not sure about that. Here's how Niche rated the city in several individual categories. Public schools, B minus. Housing, B. Okay. Good for families, A. Safety and crime, C. Nightlife, A plus. Diversity, A. All right, so we got okay. several A's in there mixed. Okay, so we got an the... A for diversity, we got a, an A for nightlife, but that has to be pre-COVID nightlife because I can't imagine that our nightlife over the last 15, right. 16 months is anything to write home about. Okay, so Pittsburgh number 30. Here's a quick look at the top 10. Number, um, number. Um, I'm sorry, top nine. Top okay. nine. Berkeley, California, number nine. Never been there. Columbia, Maryland, eight. Really? Plano, okay. Texas, seven. Ann Arbor, Michigan, six, Cambridge, Massachusetts, five, Overland Park, Kansas, four, Naperville, Illinois, three, Arlington, Virginia, two, and the Woodlands, Texas, number one. Really? I got it. I I don't think other than Arlington, Virginia, 
I've ever been to any of those places. Well, other than Arlington, Virginia, all those are very small towns, I bet. Or not, I mean, Pittsburgh's a larger town by comparison to any of these. Right, I wonder how right. big Plano is. Right? Mm, good question. Anyway, definitely heard of Plano. I mean, good. I've heard of these places, although Woodland, what was the, what was the top one? Woodland? The Woodlands. The, the Woodlands. Woodlands. Yes. The, the Woodlands, Woodlands in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's north Arlington, of Houston. Virginia. North of Houston. It is. Okay. It's, it's like a suburb of Houston. Okay. Is what it is. All yes. right. Well, I mean, I'm happy Pittsburgh is in that mix. In the top now, here's 30. my here's my question. If Pittsburgh's in the top 30, is that place uh, in question? And could we fall based on the fact that Arsenal Lanes is for sale in Lawrenceville? Arsenal Lanes. You mean the mm-hmm. bowling alley? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we hear this as well. And now you're going to hear a lot of stories about this, right? Post-COVID, a lot of people who you know, sort of toughed it out, especially the older brick and mortars, they're putting their businesses up for sale. Arsenal Lanes, Kath, as you said, is up for sale. Um, this is a second generation. Now, Arsenal's been around the bowling alley since 1938. Really? 1938. Of course, in Lawrenceville, I've bowled Arsenal Lanes many a time. I have as well. You as well. You know, Arsenal Lanes is really unique because, you know, street level, you walk up the steepest, most dangerous steps. I bet you there's 30, 35 steps, and they're very wide steps to the top of where the bowling alleys are. Yeah, and you're thinking, no, 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 they mean that you walk down to the bowling alley. No, no, no. No, no, no. You walk up. You walk up. Now, Paul Bunchner has owned Arsenal since 1971. He's the person who's putting it for sale. He says, um, you know, they're looking for retirement. They're looking for young blood to take it over. The New York Times has called the Retro Bowling Alley a place where old school bowling vibe meets nightclub. The old school feel is complemented by more modern upgrades, pin setters, 22 lanes, a full service bar, live entertainment space, according to the listing. And the price to own Arsenal Lanes, yeah. what do you think? What do you think it's going for? Uh, I think it's going for uh, it's going for two and a half million dollars. No, a bargain, a bargain by comparison. Okay. The princely sum of just five hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. What? You listen, could own this, Kath. Listen, I love Arsenal Lanes. This oh. is why I love it. It's wacky. It's Pekinzer. It's super weird. Like wherever you, whatever you expect to see when you look at a place is not there. It's in another spot or it's, you have to go around a corner or you have to, I mean, it's nutty. It is there. I love it. Uh, Arsenal Lanes opens from five o'clock to midnight, Monday through Thursday, five to 1 a.m. Friday. And uh, that full service bar, the full service kitchen, right? People dig that. And that's one of the reasons why to go there. I think I it's it. a super, super fun place. I hope someone buys it and loves it and loves all the wacky parts of it and magnifies it. And it's in Pittsburgh for generations. Yep. Okay. I I'm surprised. I mean, seriously, I don't know what you'd pay for for a bowling alley, but something like that that's so historic and is, you know, part of the community. I don't think you're going to lose money there. Do you? No, especially because of what we call it L-Town, what L-Town's like. Oh, I mean, that's... there's so many things to do, a ton of places to eat. I mean, it's just, I, I love it there. Yeah. I wonder if people are like, you know, gathering in, you know, the brew pubs of Lawrenceville going, okay, if we put our money together and if we go to the bank, right, there are are great minds right now. Exactly. But they're all people like us who've bowled at Arsenal Lanes and we're all like, you know what, none of us have the capacity for that. (laughs) All right. Speaking of uh, new things that are opening, four new restaurants open in Bakery Square. Yeah. Okay, so a bakery square in the East Liberty section neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh, right? Um, 
not a new, it's, I wouldn't say it's new. It's been around for at least a decade or more, hasn't mm-hmm. it? I would say close to 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So now though, with, you know, again, everything post COVID restaurants come, restaurants go, and now four new restaurants are going to open, which include um, the aforementioned brew pubs and things like that. Okay. Um, a very really, uh, high-end Thai place, which I would love to go to. Okay, could try that. Um, you don't mean necktie, you mean T-H-A-I. Right, mm-hmm. I do mean that. Um, because uh, there's a lot of retail at Bakery Square also. Have you have you spent any time at Bakery Square? Not very much. And it's not in my section of town. It's in my section it's, of town. I don't yeah, live that okay. far from well, it. So get over there and try it out the Thai place. I mean, the only time I go there really is to go to Panera to have a cup of coffee. I mean, that's just, you know. Okay. Well, you can keep been, getting your coffee there, but also go to the Thai place. It's been a lot. long, long time. So um, four restaurants. The options are as diverse as the restaurants. City Fresh Pasta, okay. Bubba's, Somi, and Gigi's Cafe. Um it's the growing East End tr- trend. Okay. Someone uh, wants to go out there and have yourself a good time. Uh, try a new place, right? Yeah, I also got excited because I was at a butter joint today. You know, I like that place in did North Oakland. Did you get Oakland. a pie again? Yeah, a uh, pie for breakfast. I did. I did not get a pie today. Okay. I got um I got the the little hand pies, which are filled with uh, kimchi, ham, and cheddar today. Mm, I'm very excited very nice. to have that and uh, chickpea and curry. Uh, but they're open Thursday through Saturday evening now. So I'm super excited to go there and have one of their absolutely all-star burgers. Nice. Hey, when we were traveling, we, you know, we made a point to have a cup of coffee in the morning at a, at a local coffee shop. And twice, I don't know if this is like a Montana thing or what, we ran into places, coffee shops that also served homemade Pop-Tarts. I oh, had a, they, you know what? They have homemade Pop-Tarts at, at Pie for Breakfast today. Ooh, I, was, I was looking at them today. I had an apricot uh, one that was like fabulous. I mean, nice, little, super A little better thin. than the Kellogg's one. Oh, man, the crust was to die yeah. for with yeah. this little apricot filling. Yeah. Had an apple one as well. I mean, nice. Super, oh. Nice. Yeah. That sounds good. There's something to be said about the hipsters. Oh, they're doing it right. Right? Yeah. I mean, not everything, but they're I mean, as far as the food things, goes, they're doing it right. They like their bakery goods. They like their comfort food. So, and their yeah. bicycles. So bring it on. That's Long what I say. That. Okay, what's right. next, Kath? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the post-COVID church. Five things that could sabotage your church's future growth. The Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver with us. He's going to be live from Florida. I bet he's having good weather today. Ours is shaky, but that's okay. He's still along for the ride home. Glad you're here. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend with the best new music. New New music from Ann Wilson, My Jesus. Jesus. Newsboys and Magnetic. Magnetic. And Let Go, Let God from Jack Cassidy. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you in part by MGR CPA and Consultants. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have 
with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Want to finally own your own home? Then attend Dollar Bank's free virtual mortgages for mothers workshop. It's online this year, and all are welcome. Learn how to break the rent cycle, how to build savings and cut debt, and how to strengthen your credit to make your dream of owning a home real. Register today for Dollar Bank's free virtual mortgages for mothers home buying workshop at MortgagesForMothers.com. Then join us on Saturday, June 12th at 9.30 a.m. Dollar Bank, equal housing lender. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. talking about unprecedented unprecedented this unprecedented now it's good news we're on the flip side of this we're all talking about post-covid post-covid post-post post-post right so what is the church looking like post-covid there's been a lot of conversation about that i would say in some quarters wringing of hands but post-covid is here with us Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, co-founder, former president of Edu Nations, here to talk to us about post-COVID church. Hey, Dean, welcome back. How you doing, friend? Thank you, John. I'm doing well. And I guess if I were going to be associated with anything, I, I would love to be associated with post-COVID. Amen to that, Dean. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's preach good that. News. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so uh, people are coming back to church, which is wonderful to see. Um, the church that uh, I'm a part of, there's been a lot of conversation about how we welcome people back, what, you know, people, you know, again, the mask thing, you know, like, are we going to wear it? Are we, it's just the same or, you know, discussion that we've had like 12,000 times. Um, but we're trying to be sensitive to everybody, understand that people have different anxieties and different, you know, physiologies too. Some people can't get a vaccine. How do we respond to that? So when we're, when you're thinking about churches coming back, are you thinking about, you know, particulars like that, or are you thinking more about, you know, kind of a spiritual assessment? Well, there's no one size fits all, Kathy. And I've been That's in five point. churches in the last five weeks. Uh, part of my new role, obviously, is visiting uh, churches all over the place. And, um, you know, they're all doing it a little differently. And each church is going through what you've just described, where they're wrestling with that. And one church, you know, one side of the sanctuary is, you know, completely open. And the other side is social distanced. And one side is mass. And the other side right. is not. And 
of course, there's a lot of confusion with the different uh, mandates, and it depends on the state, and it depends on, there's so many different variables, and each congregation is different. So there, there's no one size fits all. And of course, there's also the, what they're calling the great migration, which is during the last year, people have migrated to different churches without even people knowing about it oh, really? because it was online. And so now as people start coming back in person, you're going to find there are people in the sanctuary you've never seen before because <laughs> they've migrated toward you. Cool. And there will be people who have migrated elsewhere that you might go, so where is John these days? I, <laughs> I haven't seen John in ages. He's like, out grazing oh, like he left three months ago. Uh, right. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit of when the dust settles, you're going to look around, look to your left, look to your right. Wow. How many people do you actually know of this group of people? Because it, it's all mixing up and changing. So, but the interesting thing is, is that um, one of the people I follow um, in terms of trying to get a, a good feel of the pulse of the church post COVID is uh, one of the leadership experts, a guy named Carrie Newhoff. Um, and Carrie's got a podcast that's brilliant, all the best thinkers on there. And they have just done a survey of about 5,000 pastors. Wow to find out what are the things that are in common among all the churches. So if every church is handling a lot of these things differently, Kathy, what are the things that are kind of common threads mm, that yeah. everybody is kind of saying as the dust settles, we're seeing these things as variables. Okay. So, so a, yeah. So tell us some of those. Tell, yeah. Tell us some of those things. Okay. So uh, do you want me to go number one to number five, number five to number one, or do you not care? doesn't matter. All right. So number one, showing little commitment to evangelism and discipleship. Mm -hmm. uh, of the findings of this outreach tool, 22% of the pastors disagree with the statement that evangelism is highly important to their church. That's stunning. Okay, and, so does that, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but is that a change from pre-COVID? Well, I, I think it is a little bit. I think a lot of people would say that it, the commitment to evangelism and discipleship, probably, especially the evangelism part, maybe wasn't that strong pre-COVID. But there is a preoccupation with getting our people back. And so rather than the energy going towards new people, the energy is being focused on how do we get all of the sheep back again? How do we, how do we kind of um, regather what we've lost? And that's very different than evangelism. That's, a, that's kind of a, um, uh, an internal exercise versus an external exercise. And at least for the time being, until people feel like the dust has settled and there's a new reality, the outward focus of, of welcoming new people and being uh, oriented toward them with the gospel is, is actually uh, significantly lower than what we might have even seen prior to COVID. Right. Now, Dina, I don't know the other four things that you're going to talk about here, but I would imagine, because what you just said here, that is a very delicate sort of dance that a pastor has to do, right? I mean, you want to welcome, but at the same time, you know, there's people who have been with you. Where where are they? Have they disappeared? I mean, that's really a sort of a thin line to follow. Yeah, and I was in a meeting, John, a couple of months ago with a bunch of pastors and the one pastor, real prominent person, got up and said, you know, I'm putting all of my energy and effort into what does it take to get our people back? And then the other guy spoke up, really prominent person, and said, I am not putting any energy into getting our people back. Really? I'm moving ahead. Um, and, you know, and those two guys are both, they love each other. They're, they're singing out of the same proverbial hymn book, if you will. 
but not when it comes to how to posture yourself post-COVID. You know, are we turning toward outreach or is it all going to be focused on in-gathering and in-reach? The reality is there's some of both of those things that occur, but most pastors, it seems post-COVID, are preoccupied with getting back what they lost versus looking okay. to, the, to, to the new opportunities that might be generated um, in, in, in because of the quarantine. And that, and that points to number two. Um, number two is treating online attendees like they don't really matter. Um, so in other words, online attendees are kind of this peripheral thing that we kind of had to do, and we're still going to continue to do it. We know that we do, but we're really not focused on them. We're focused on people in the building. Uh, and so if the audio cuts out or if the video is not good or if, you know, there, there's and the way you structure the service uh, doesn't take into consideration the people who are online as actual attenders. That's sort of the the backup plan that's in the background, but it's not really, so it's not seen as a front door opportunity to the church. It's, it's seen as kind of that uh, maybe even necessary evil that we stumbled into a year ago as, so as opposed to it being an opportunity, um, it's, okay. it's something that doesn't get the attention it deserves. So treating online attendees like they don't really matter comes out at number two. Okay. We're talking to the Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver. He's the stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. He's also the co-founder and former president of EduNations. We're talking about five things that could sabotage your church's future growth in this, po- in this post-COVID era, hopefully post-COVID era. Give us number three, Dean. All right, number three is having no clear strategy to assimilate first-time guests. Um, now, a lot of churches have not had strategies on how to assimilate guests on Before. the onset. But again, if your focus is so much on trying to get the people you had back again, you're likely missing the new people who have come to see you with a purposeful plan on how to fold them in. And that's particularly complicated because um, many of our churches are just coming back online. So how do you assimilate people back into a hybrid environment? How do you assimilate them back when maybe all of your ministries are not functioning uh, at, at, you know, so how do you welcome people back when what you're doing may not be the the full ministry program that you're typically offering to them, or if you're preoccupied with getting the old people back again? So assimilating first-time guests seems to be something that people don't have a clear strategy. And assimilating people who are coming out of a digital environment how do you welcome them into the church? That's a different strategy, right? So we haven't work. seemingly really thought that through well yet either. I see. Okay, so these five things, you know, these are just a way to avoid disaster or just, you know, a good heads up to consider these things as people come back in. That's all. Yeah, that's right. So number four is it appears the majority of the pastors out there, particularly senior pastors, have zero social media presence. That is to say, they're staying off social media. Mm-hmm. And the, you the reason that. for that is because so much on social media is so uncivil right. and people are getting pounded. Uh, one way, and if you put something out there, you you're, you're get consumed with all of that. So people have taken the role of just shutting that off. When in fact, that that is one of the primary ways in which we can connect with people now, if we do that right and if we do that well. So most, most people have either gone all in and now have paying the consequence 
or they now this pendulum is swing back the other way and they're they're staying out of it. So the reality is social media is a good thing and it's a bad thing. But pastors need to have an idea of how they can do it in a way that's going to be helpful in terms of their church growing in the future and not uh, obviously a detriment. Okay. All right. And last one. The last one, and this one's a little more complicated. Um, that is to say, ensuring that that the diversity in your church doesn't actually mirror the diversity in your community. That is to say, uh, this poll suggests that 48% of church leaders say the diversity in their church reflects the community that they live in. Um, mm-hmm. And so... So that means most don't. That means most don't. Right. And if you think about it, for Gen Z, millennials, uh, if they walk into a church that doesn't reflect the world that they live in, there's a disconnect. And so that seems like, a why would I want to be in a place that's that obviously isn't reflective of the world that I live in, let alone people who have a strong enough biblical view to say, huh, Maybe this whole idea of, of Sunday morning being the most segregated hour of the week isn't actually a healthy thing, isn't actually a biblical thing. Maybe that's actually the result of sin in the fall. Therefore, why would I want to be here? So the fact that many of our communities don't reflect that, um, that is going to actually hurt our growth going forward. Yeah. Um, the, the fastest growing church by percentage, this is pre-COVID, but I think this will bear out to be true even more so post, the fastest growing church in the U.S., pre-COVID, was the multi-ethnic church. The church, when you think about the American church dying numerically, that is actually only true of one demographic. The only demographic that's true is the homogenous white church. The black church is actually growing some. It's not dramatic. Um, the, The Latino churches are actually growing fairly well. But by percentage, not by numbers, but by percentage, the multi-ethnic churches, multicultural churches are actually growing the fastest. And they're particularly growing the fastest among Gen Z and millennials because that's the water they swim in. That's the air they breathe. That's the world they know and the world they want. And I would suggest we should do that not because it's trendy and relevant. We should do it because it's what the Bible reveals to us that the kingdom actually looks like. Well, Dean, okay, so those were five good heads up. Yeah. Uh, if you're a worship leader or a pastor or you're just interested in what it is to be the local church, those are good things for us to be aware of as we go into, dare I say, this post-COVID era. So thanks so much for that. Thanks, Dean. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm finding myself in my new role that uh, probably the best part of leadership that I can offer is to help people define the reality that we're in and to say to people, this is where we are, folks. And then if people can see where we actually are, then maybe we can hopefully do something about it and bring the gospel to bear to people in the environment where we are. And you guys know I'm hopelessly optimistic. I actually think in the end, Jesus wins. Yes. I actually think the kingdom will come and I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I actually believe that this shakeup that's occurred is actually for the better of the church. And if we'll pay attention to where we are and sense the urgency of the hour, there is a tremendous opportunity for the church to be more like the apostolic church and faithful Mm. than we've ever been before. But we've got to take a sober view of where we are.
I love Amen. it. Let it be so. That's the Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church and co-founder and former prez of EduNations. Nice. We'll Thank be right you. back. We have a lot more ahead on today's Ride Home. Does this make sense? Comes up next. Dean, we love you. Thanks. Does this make sense? That's next. Well, shockingly, and with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride. But... The thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, anybody, parent of any age child over the last year and a half, Boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of, of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when, when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been, and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there's an organization that is so well-organized, so well-run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is it's been a great ride in spite of COVID, and the semester is almost over gcc.edu online. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement, but now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see considerable clouds with a couple of showers. Expect a low tonight of 61. Cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. It will be more humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 71. Tomorrow night, heavy showers early in the evening, otherwise mostly cloudy, low 60. Friday, sun and clouds, a thunderstorm in the afternoon and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
does this make sense? Yeah. Does what make sense? What does what make sense? Grape nuts. Oh, no. Unequivocally, absolutely not. Now, listen, I know that you're a fan of the grape nuts. <laughs> you push the boundaries even further because what in your family, they do grape nuts and water like as some breakfast treat. That's it's like something in a concentration camp. You poor thing, you. No, grape nuts are, they taste like a mouthful of gravel. I don't care how nutritional or how healthy they are. If you're going to eat something for breakfast, you might as well eat something that, you know, has some flavor that tastes good, even though it's good for you, right? Do they make sense? No. Grape nuts make so much sense that the average person can't take it in. That's Again, how much sense they it's make. It's beyond me. So there's nothing bad about them, right? No. So they're, they're filled there's with no nutrients. Taste. They have a pleasing crunch. And you put them in something that's kind of sweet, perhaps like a yogurt, perhaps like an almond milk, perhaps with fruit, something. And they become magically delicious. They become not quite, thank you. Thank you very much for that encouragement. No, no. They become not quite as crispy, but they still have that little bit of that nutty, barley-ish flavor. It adds so much. It also fills you up when you're really hungry. I can't think of a bad thing to say about the grape nuts. Really? You, uh, believe me, I, I believe that you're just day tripping there. Nope. You're just trying I mean to prop it. something up that has From really... my heart. There is nothing that is, you know... First of all, they're not tasty at all. They you are. have to add something else to make them taste What's somewhat fine? You're acceptable. not drinking like, you know, you're not popping the grape nuts in your mouth alone. Uh, plus, the texture of it is really hard to, you know, sort of crunch through and digest. They may go down easy, but it's a lot of work to get it there. I'm You're complaining you. a lot. All right. Does this make sense? I was at a family gathering over the weekend, and uh, I was given one of these, which I do not know the name. Now, maybe I just like, you know, I'm totally clueless, which, you know, it's proven to be more often than not. You know oh, what this the is? The cozy. The cozy. The cozy. It's right? a cozy. It's a cozy. They told me it was a cozy. Oh, okay. I call it barbecues and brews before the I do's. I went to a little family gathering. Apparently, you put your cold beverage in there. You've never seen one of those before? I got to be honest. I really haven't. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't get out much. I mean, that's a... Yeah. The cozy, right? It's the cozy. What? So I don't have to hold on to a cold bottle or a wet bottle or something like that. Uh, Yeah. I'm cozy. I drink from it. And uh, that makes good sense to me. I don't necessarily want to use this. If you're like committed to the drinking life, I guess that's okay. But yeah, it makes sense. The cozy does make sense. You know, I put my um, Italian ice in there. Okay. I could see that. Because it gets cold cold on your hand and you don't want it to melt prematurely. Well, the cozy makes a lot more sense than grape nuts. I'll tell you that. Does that make sense? No. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan, 
or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams. Just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just the number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. In this tumultuous last 15 months, there have been many instances of social activism, people taking to the streets, people, you know, engaging in all manner of protest. But one of the things our next guest is going to talk to us about is that we forget as believers that we have the greatest form of activism, which is prayer. Eugene Park is with us. Eugene is a regular guest on our show. Eugene is the associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, host of a podcast called Off the Pulpit. Here today to talk to us about prayer is activism. Gene, welcome back. How are you? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Pretty good. We're doing well, Eugene. And boy, you've hit on a really, I think, important and interesting subject to talk about because whenever any tragedy happens, whether it's a national a natural disaster or some kind of national crisis. Um, anybody who says thoughts and prayers instantly gets ridiculed. So uh, some politician says, well, we're going to be praying for you or something. People, you know, jump on and say, well, that's just your excuse to not do anything. What do you say? Yeah, no, I think, you know, there's a side of me that understands that criticism. I do think maybe some Christians, maybe including myself at times, can easily use the word and thought of thoughts and prayers as, a, as an escape route to not care. But uh, one thing I really hope Christians would really consider is, you know, one thing that sparked in me was this past summer, a lot of my younger church members really wanted to get active uh, with justice, with social justice, racial justice, and would want to march and protest. And I said, hey, that's, that's fine. The act of protesting, what you're doing is you're hopefully— voicing a concern to higher authorities, whether it be 
law enforcement, mm-hmm. Congress officials, but that's ultimately what prayer is, that you, you're voicing a concern to the highest authority of the land, uh, which is our Lord and God. Mm-hmm. Well, Gene, uh, in your piece that uh, you write at the Gospel Coalition, Prayer is Activism, you talk about something which I did not know about, which is performative activism. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, with this day and age with social media, with hashtags, with camera phones, it's so easy to seem like uh, you are active in protest or justice. And actually, there was a, uh, a hilarious yet saddening account called Activists uh, in the Wild, where they would capture these people faking camera shots of them protesting or helping to rebuild a, a damaged storefront window and then just walking away. And I think, you know, not all of us hopefully do that. I, I hope to God that we don't. But I think there's elements of that, that even with Instagram, for example, it's so easy to want to post not out of a desire for justice, but to be seen, to be seen as someone who seeks justice. And I think that's a little problematic in our day and age. Oh, man. oh it, a little problematic doesn't sum it up, right? I mean, it's, it's a lure for anyone who's on social media. You know, if there's, if there's a, a, an issue, if there's an, a, an anniversary, if there's something, if you don't follow through and put a post on a certain thing, then all of a sudden you're now looked at as, you know, you don't care or you're not invested or, you know, it, it, so even, um, it's not even that you have weighed in and done it incorrectly. It's that even not weighing in is, mm. you know, incorrect in its own sense. Yeah, I, I think that's true that there's a, a too heavy of a weight on all of us to be experts on every single crisis that oh, happens. For sure. Yeah. And I think prayer is actually a good counterbalance to that before posting. I mean, one thing I try and do, and, you know, I'm not perfect, but I always try and pray whatever is happening, whatever crisis is in the moment, which there are too many uh, in this day and age, before I post anything, I try and pray that to ensure that, you know, one thing the Scripture teaches us is to pray in secret so that no one sees you. Performative activism isn't new. Um, the Pharisees were, the, the uh, you know, they were doing that back in Jesus' days too. So Jesus understood that and that what prayer does is that ensures that, look, no one is watching except you and God. And that kind of is a moment where it's, do you really care? Um, and I think prayer kind of forces you to actually care when no one is actually watching you. Right. Okay, so then what is it then? Is it just our supposed familiarity with prayer that we think, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's good for some things. Um, uh, I mean, when you look at the nature and the power of prayer, the uh, the purity of it, I mean, it's hard to say there isn't just something that's so incredibly overwhelming there. But I think, you know, whether it's performative activism or just our nature to avoid it or ignore it or not think that there is really power there, we're losing a great tool that is at our disposal at any time of the day or night. Yeah, no, I think you hit it on the nail, John. And I, I think one thing that I wrote is our our inability or our weakness in prayer doesn't speak to our lack of a discipline in prayer, but it lacks a lack of knowledge, a knowledge of who God is. If God mm-hmm. truly is sovereign, if he is Lord, if he is the ultimate judge, prayer should be something that we always do. Um, yet, I think it's not that we lack in prayer, but we lack a full understanding of who God is. Um, and I think that stops us from praying and maybe even reading the Bible and doing our spiritual disciplines. Yeah. 
Eugene Park is with us. Um, we're talking about a PC road called Prayer is Activism for the Gospel Coalition. Eugene is associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, also the host of a fun podcast called Off the Pulpit. Um, Eugene, let's talk about what prayerless activism can lead to. So um, hmm. if we become activists, uh, whether it's in, I hope, hopefully, you know, God forbid that we would be activists online and then not do anything in our own lives. But um, say we are still like doing things in our own lives and we're online. But what happens if we do that without God in the picture? Yeah, no, I think that's a good uh, question to ask as a church. I think when the church does that and, you know, I think a lot of churches, maybe including my own church, uh, people could be guilty of that. What happens is we begin to think that we can solve the ultimate problem of sin. Uh, we begin to think that we are able to bring about justice completely as human beings through human action, through human laws, or whatever it may be. And I want to make it clear, justice in God's uh, sense isn't just spiritual, but also earthly justice. But ultimately, it comes from God. And what I fear, and, and one of the big reasons why I wrote that piece, especially for our younger millennial Gen Z Christian believers in our church pews, I think there's a temptation to think that we can solve every single injustice as a human race or as with, with effort. Um, right. But it's not true. The, the very reason why injustices happen is because often others think the same. So I think what prayer does is when you do do it, it roots you to allow yourself to realize that you cannot solve these problems on your own and that your desire for justice is good. But without God, we're not able to completely achieve that justice uh, on this earth. Right. And I wonder, I mean, that conversation, this conversation, or the idea, you know, the, the old slogan that prayer changes things. If you talk to people who were not regular prayers, whether they were believers or not, but especially, I believe, if they were not believers, and somehow you could communicate the nature and the power the transformative mix of what prayer does. Boy, if you can mm. communicate that to a wider audience, that unto itself, that activism is revolutionary, wouldn't it be? Yeah, no, I, I think you, again, hit it on the nail, uh, head on the nail that, again, this comes to an understanding that we do not understand completely who God is in our imperfect view of who he is. So from that, you know, when, when we don't pray, we, we are ultimately saying is we are the judge and we can fix all these problems. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I really would hope that I think true justice comes with wisdom, with patience and with prayer, especially for our younger generations, especially for younger listeners, that I hope we could commit to as much time praying as posting, as reading and researching, because it is as important as a Christian believer. Right. Yeah. And especially, I mean, uh, not to pray to the spaghetti monster, but right to pray to the Father, the Son, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think prayer ultimately, yes, it, it can change things. It can allow God to hear. But what one thing prayer does is it changes you. I mean, it refines you yeah. as a person. I, I think Tim Keller puts it well, uh, the idea that prayer isn't really just about changing God's mind, because ultimately no. you know, that's, a, that's a Pandora's box. But Prayer is actually changing our own broken hearts um, and, and uh, moving us into wise action through prayer and through Scripture and through hearing God's voice. And I think we often miss that, that we think prayer is some a magical line to a genie that will give us whatever we need. But oftentimes, maybe prayer will refine us to be the instruments of justice that God wants to use on this earth. 
That's Eugene Park, associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto, California, host of the podcast called Off the Pulpit and a monthly guest on our show. Eugene, a pleasure to talk to you as always. Always good to see you guys or talk to you guys and hope you guys have a good one. Yeah, you as well. Fabulous. We'll take just a step away for a minute. Um, You know, on social media, these videos pop up occasionally. You kind of go, what is that all about? Did you see that? Have you seen, have you seen a 17-year-old who pushed a bear off the wall to save her brood of dogs? I mean, that's next. We'll talk about it. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Impact Mortgage Corp. TBA Cash Call Mortgage NMLS ID 1282-31 Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Are you a teacher looking to grow your career? Waynesburg University offers a Master of Education with multiple areas of concentration as well as certification in special education. Classes start every semester. Financial aid is available. Visit waynesburg.edu. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Everybody loves their pets, and you would do a lot to defend your pets, right? Well, uh, there's a video that's been going around. It's been seen more than 68 million times. It shows uh, one 17-year-old 
Haley Mornico. She was shown on video dashing forward and pushing a bear off of her fence in this now viral video. The video, as I said, 68 million times, it shows a bear climbing over a concrete fence and lunging at several dogs in the backyard. Now, this woman runs to the bear, pushes it off the fence with no hesitation. The video was shot in Bradbury, California. It started the trend on Twitter. Some say the woman handled the bear like a warrior. But in a follow-up video, the woman says that she was protecting her child. She added that she lives in the mountains where bear sightings are common. She said she ran outside after hearing her dogs barking, and her first thought that the bear was just a big, funny-looking dog. But when she noticed it was a bear, she sprinted towards the animal. I got up to the bear, she says. I look the bear in the eyes, and the first thing I think is to push it. So she does. She said she puts the bear only hard enough to make it lose its balance. In the process, she sprained her finger, scraped her knee. But overall, she said uh, her and her dogs and her child were safe. Now, as you might imagine, the National Park Service does not advise pushing a bear. Uh, They say if you see a bear, you should start to speak calmly so the bear realizes that you are human and not an animal. A scream or a sudden movement may trigger the attack. So, (laughs) I mean... That took a lot of guts. And it looked like when you watch the video, it's one of those videos, when you see it for the first time, you've got to watch it like seven. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, what is happening here? I can't believe what I'm seeing. Right? Right. And so the mama, it's a mama bear, and she's got two cubs with her. That was the the first tip off, right? Right. So she sees all these yappy dogs as some sort of threat to her cubs. Sure. And so she is like going after like the big dog, right? Um, so, but when this woman runs out, she, there's no audio with it. At least I haven't no, seen any looks audio like it's with from it. A, you know, a security camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she runs out like a crazy woman. I mean, crazy woman. And just like you said, John, she just pushes the bear. It's like she pushes the bear's shoulder and oh, knocks the bear off the wall and then listen, goes and grabs all her yappy dogs and gets them inside. We were in Yellowstone last week, right? I've talked about this. We saw a grizzly bear and two of her cubs. Those bears are enormous, enormous. Yeah. I mean, the idea of just going up to a bear and pushing it to get lose, make it lose its balance. That woman apparently had been around or seen any, any number of bears where she thought, well, I can do this. And it really didn't enter into her train of thought that she shouldn't do it. It was just instinctive in some right. way. Well, here's, here's the thing. I have to say, I, I don't have dogs, but I have two cats. I can completely see myself doing that. Now, that is not I don't to say that that's a good idea. That's a horrible idea. But I could imagine being in the moment like that and just acting out of, you know, some kind of crazy, completely unwise right. decision. And, of making. course, you know, that's sure that's happened many, many, many times. And pro- well, I mean, most of the time it doesn't turn out very well. They're not the, time, the videos that you are watching on. It's probably bear Twitter. one million person right. one, something right. like that. I mean, the odds are not in your favor no. to go and uh, after a bear. Not I mean, good thing, you know. You see a couple of raccoons in the yard or a deer or something like that, maybe a bunny rabbit here in Western Pennsylvania. Not many bears around. At least, although I guess there has been, you know, slowly the bears coming into suburbia. Sure. Anyway, I'm glad she's okay. And I certainly hope that people don't go thinking right. that this is a great idea. You'll probably see her like, you know, on television. She'll sign a contract and be a, a bear celebrity. Anyway, that's, the, last thing that's the life we live in. Thanks for being with us. As always, we greatly appreciate your presence here. Podcast is up and running after we leave at the air. John and Kathy show.com or on Facebook. 
Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. See you first. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.